I think a lot of their, their kind of thinking is very grounded in their sort of university days and reflects the kind of thinking about these issues that was current in about 1930. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, mm. Because these guys did their PhDs under professors at Oxford in the 1950s, 60s, who were professors who held those kind of views for that generation that were current in the Mm. the 20s and 30s and so on, back when Lewis was a professor back there. Um, And there was a a big movement at that time that was very... had this very sort of scientific view of what knowledge is, that would say things like, talking about ethics and morals is just nonsense, doesn't mean anything. Mm. It's not that it's wrong, it just doesn't mean anything. Talking about God doesn't mean anything. Um, the so-called positivists who said, if um, if you make a, a, a truth claim or a, an apparent statement... We have to ask, before we can ask, is it true or false, we have to know what it means. Is it a meaningful claim? You know, if I say, Twas Brillig and the Slithy Toes did guy on Gimble and the Wabe. <laughs> Twas Brillig and the Slithy Toves did guy on Gimble in the Wabe. It's a bit of nonsense poetry from Lewis Carroll, Alice. from Alice in Wonderland. Right. And actually, you, that is meaningful because elsewhere he defines all of those terms and you can kind of translate it uh, but there's more to the poem the Jabberwocky poem it's just nonsense poetry it's just nice noises you know and they say well so first of all is the language actually meaningful how do we know we've got some rule that will tell us when language is meaningful it's meaningful they said if it's either true by definition so well of course you'll never bump into a married bachelor and of course two and two equals four that's meaningful um, and indeed those are true as well because that's just true by definition or at least in principle you could kind of check it with your senses empirically mm. so at that stage in the 1920s of course we hadn't been to the moon but if someone were to say then um, the dark side of the moon is made of G's you know that would be a very silly thing to say but it's a meaningful thing to say because were I to find myself on the dark side of the moon I suppose I could take a spoon and I could try eating it and and if it were made of cheese I'd find out and if it's not I'd find out so I can empirically test it so it's meaningful but if you say things like God exists or torturing small children for fun is wrong that's not true by definition and it's not something that you can empirically discover even in principle so it's meaningless it's not not that it's wrong it doesn't mean anything Um, this was a view that had currency for a a, decade or two in the early to mid 20th century and um, lots of people were sort of worried about whether you know talking about God or ethics or aesthetics or anything was was meaningful that was the whole discussion the argument people saying of course it is meaningful and other people saying no it's not Um, now, it was people like A.J. Eyre, professor at Oxford with C.S. Lewis, A.J. Eyre in particular pushed forward this view in a very famous book of his that he published as a young bloke, that later on in life he decried completely when the whole movement collapsed for a whole host of reasons, including, number one, um, take this truth claim. Uh, a statement in language is not meaningful unless it's true by definition or, in principle, you could check it out with your empirical senses. Does that 
statement is that statement true by definition no how could you even in principle empirically prove the truth of that statement you can't according to itself it's literally meaningless Mm. oops you know uh, it just contradicts itself uh, and for that and various other reasons you know in philosophy is this verification idea of language and so on is just completely abandoned um, but it seems to me that the new atheists who sort of did their PhDs under AJ Eyre and yes. Gilbert Ryan and so on have sort of imbibed this sort of science is the only way to really know things and philosophy that's all a lot of talking about meta- we don't need to do metaphysics and philosophical argumentation that's all old hat and yeah. um, talking about morals does literally has you know it's not true or false says Dawkins mm. and so just like that last sentence of yours talking mm. about morals do they have any moral structure do they have any beliefs you know in a, in the way life should go or no, it's just. Well, no, there's, there's, there's no more. Well, it would be like the club rules, I suppose. You know, yeah. or relying on well, that's how a gentleman behaves in the common room, isn't it? Or um, that's um, very, but, uh, that's very woolly. Um, well, what was the word? <laughs> um, almost sort of um, archaic. Yeah. Isn't well, it? Virtues are social virtues. <laughs> just pure. Yeah. Just along in society. Yeah. Yes, that's right. They would say something like one view was to say that moral language is really on a par with if you if you trod on my tread on my toe I go ow I just have this sort of instinctive I make a noise um, if you steal from me I say you shouldn't do that but they're just equally on ow is no you shouldn't do that is no more true or false than ow mm. It's just just something that ha- happens when certain events happen to me, yeah, and I've been enculturated. And moral uh, views about whether people should steal. Well, well, again, they would say to to say people shouldn't steal is to say something that's meaningless, and yeah. um, they wouldn't wouldn't want you to take their stuff. No, of course, <laughs> you know, but. They would say, I don't want you to take my stuff. Or, I mean, Richard Dawkins has said, if, if someone wanted to steal from me, I couldn't intellectually argue against that. But what they say is society just won't work. If yeah, yeah. Like but Dawkins said, but I called the police. They would use those arguments rather yeah. than yeah. And it's funny, Dawkins says, just because, I'm a, just because I'm a Darwinist doesn't mean I have to be a social Darwinist. Just because I believe in evolution doesn't mean I have to believe in the law of the jungle should be, should be applied in society. But on the other hand, he says, I couldn't intellectually argue against someone who wanted you to rob me. All I would, could do was say, you can't get away with that in this society, I'm calling the police. Mm. That sounds a lot like might equals right, law of the jungle. Mm. <laughs> to me, you know. Mm. <laughs> if, if society was based on their philosophy, I, I wonder what it would look like. I have. Well, they, they, of course, think it would be, be marvellous and there'd be no, none of this religious violence and everyone would be committed to be reasonable and scientific and... <laughs> Their own reason as being meaningful. I mean, how can their own reason be meaningful? It can't. How can they be right? They've not thought about that question. 
It's amazing that they've not thought about that question. There was a so that's a well debated question in contemporary philosophy, mm. and a philosopher called Paul Copan put that very question to Richard Dawkins at one of his book tour events. And Dawkins' reply made it ev- absolutely evident that Dawkins didn't know what Copan was on about. He didn't couldn't understand the question, let alone give a coherent answer to that question. Mm. Just their their thinking is so shallow that they they just don't think to sort of apply their worldview to themselves. Yeah.